This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Tigers in 20, a Go Tigers 247 audio podcast. Your one-stop shop for all things University of Memphis Tigers athletics. Here are your hosts, founder of Go Tigers 247, Brooks Hansen, and lead writer for Go Tigers 247, Christian Fowler. What's up, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode. I'm your host, Christian Fowler, and joining me, as always, is Go Tigers 247 founder, Brooks Hansen. I am back this week after being on vacation, and Kenny is out this week on vacation. So we're three weeks in a row. Brooks is on vacation. I was on vacation, and now Kenny's out. Uh, but regardless, we're still here. We're still bringing you an episode. Brooks, what's up? Man, we're actually, my wife just surprised me, randomly booked a trip back to the beach starting on Sunday. So next week, we're continuing the trend. I'm going to be back at the beach, but for this week, I'm excited to be Freaking here. Freaking month in a row. Right? Uh, month in a row. But we're here. We're here to talk about Memphis football, Memphis basketball, Um we're still in the middle of COVID-19 lockdown, no, no end in sight for regular life returning. So let's just try to talk some stuff, give, give people a moment to, to step away from all that. So last week we broke down all of the news with Memphis football recruiting, how they're just demolishing everything. And today I was on the radio with Dave Wilotion, today being Wednesday. Today's Wednesday, right? Yeah, yep. it is. Today being Wednesday, uh, <laughs> you lose complete track of time. Oh, in... yeah, I never have any idea what day it is. <laughs> so, you know, today I was on Dave Wilotion, and one of the things that Brett Norsworthy asked was, when is Memphis going to break through and start getting local football, high-level football recruits committed? You know, they're they're doing amazing things on a national scale. They've got, you know, Andrew Jones, J.P. Martin, Royce White, some of their highly rated guys all out of town. Their pipeline to Louisiana is seemingly growing by the day. When are they going to be able to get guys locally? And my my response was, why does it matter? If, if you can go out and get some of the best dudes you've ever gotten in program history, start your 2021 recruiting class off with 14 dudes that some of them are some of the best dudes you've ever recruited – why does it matter where they came from? Right? Yeah. No, I mean, I completely agree with that. And when you look at it, Anthony Jones and Coach Silverfield are really the two guys with big-time relations in Memphis. And then outside of that, I mean, you have multiple coaches that have relationships with different coaches in different states. Like when you look at Texas, you have Burt Watts and Kevin Johns. Both have relationships there. Uh, Memphis has steadily been building that Louisiana pipeline that you were talking about a few moments ago, and now they have John Simon, who is who is huge in Louisiana and is relatable to a lot of those guys. So it's not that Anthony Jones doesn't have a great relationship in Memphis. It's just that they have more coaches with different relationships in other states, and it doesn't matter. Like you said, if you're getting some of the highest guys you've ever got in program history, 
It doesn't matter if it's from Georgia or Texas or Louisiana. It doesn't matter. Who cares if you're if you're going to have the best program in in school history or the best you know recruiting class in school history? You don't necessarily need local guys to do that. I mean, I'm sure there's some guys in the past that they've missed out on that they obviously wanted, and some of them they even had uh, committed at one point. But it's just not that big of a deal. I've never understood why people say you have to keep local guys to have great classes because it really isn't it isn't true and you can go look at other schools and see that it's it's not true some schools do really rely on local recruiting to keep them afloat and to keep their numbers up you can look at the class that North Carolina has right now it's in the top 5 and the majority of their guys are from North Carolina but there's plenty of other schools you look at you know schools like Tennessee do they have guys from in state absolutely do they have more guys from Georgia and, and other states yeah probably just because of where talent is, where your coaches can recruit, there's so many factors that go into it, and you don't need local guys to have you know a great class or the best class in school history. Well, and to me, the big part of it is when you have guys from Florida, Georgia, Texas, California coming in, their people, their their high school friends, their ex girlfriends or current girlfriends, all of those people, all of that noise are left back home for the most part. You know, there are exceptions where people, you know, move with, you know, moms, dads, uncles move to be with guys. But 95 plus percent of the time, you're talking about just him coming to the school. All other distractions gone, completely bought in. And in, you know, the Memphis football mantra right now, all in on, you know, learning, getting better, developing, uh, focusing on schoolwork and being a part of the community. That's all a, a big thing whenever it comes to building a program where you've got guys who are just solely focused on getting better. I think that's why you see so many dudes, a lot of them or most of them, not from Memphis, getting drafted from Memphis now, you know? Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. And when you think about it and when you and there's numerous, numerous examples where guys stay at home and they struggle because of it. Because if they are in a bad situation at home or they are hanging out with the wrong crowd and they stay in their hometown, well then they have access to all that. They might, you know, go to practices and, and have games and be with the team, but there's those nights where they're not held accountable and they do, you know, go hang out with their old friends and, and maybe get stuck in some bad habits. But if you're miles and miles away from home you don't have those distractions the only time you can go do something like that is on on a break uh and and i think there's and there's so many examples i can think of right now if you've seen last chance you there's plenty of those guys that getting away from home is so good for them because they went you know they went to high school at home they got in trouble maybe they tried to go to a juco near their their home and got in trouble and now they're finally getting away uh, and they can excel in a different environment so i mean i do think that's a very relative point i don't think uh, too many people really think about that and and how important that is. But yeah, that's certainly a good point. If you get a player away from all the distractions that they had at home and you have them solely focused on one thing, which is working and becoming better, I mean, that can only help that player. It creates tunnel vision. And, yeah, absolutely. But here's the thing. The other side of the coin is you're not going to put yourself in a position as a staff to be held hostage by by locals when you have a guy like Andrew Jones is an inside linebacker out there who's chomping at the bit and ready to commit. You know, why would you wait until March 
you know, February, March, April of 2021 for an, a local inside linebacker. When you've got a dude who's in the, you know, he's a four star top 160, 247 rankings ready to go. Why would you do that? You wouldn't. So here's my question, Christian. Could you ever see Highland 100 Memphis football boosters going to the administration, the athletic department, you know, people within the athletic department to football coaches, people with money and going and saying, you know what, we, we would like to exert some influence here. It's really important that we, we focus. We need to get away from recruiting the Andrew Joneses. We need to get the, the, the four-star linebacker that's over at, you know, Melrose. Or Whitehaven. No, I, absolutely not. You know, those the boosters and those type of people, they care about winning. They care about the, the football program being good for everyone. They don't care if it's a local guy or a guy from Wisconsin or a guy from Te- – it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where the player's from. All that matters is program success. That's what those people care about because it brings more onto them. It makes those coaches go to them more and, you know, need more resources and, and different things like that. So – those type of people, those boosters, they don't care where the players come from. You think Memphis basketball boosters were pissed that Derrick Rose wasn't from Memphis? Absolutely not. They that, weren't, that and stuff- that's a tremendous segue. That's a tremendous point, Christian, because you know I, my the people I talk to run the gamut, and it's amazing. It's amazing the number of high-level Memphis boosters that want to put pressure on the Memphis basketball program to recruit local, to focus on guys in 2021, 2022, who are local, instead of going out and getting what's best for the program, what fits best, guys who they can go ahead and get committed. Instead, these boosters, influential, prosperous, you know, high-level money boosters want to exert their power and say, you need to go out and recruit, you know, Let's just say, for example, Kennedy Chandler, and forget about these other national point guards that you're going after, regardless of whether or not any of those other point guards might fit better for what they need or if they could get them committed earlier. And it's it's so insane to me to think that you, you take the perfect example with Memphis football, Andrew Jones. You take him any day, every day of the week, and you're high-fiving your booster buddies and texting Ryan Silverfield and saying, congrats, coach. But on the other side of the coin, if you took you know, a top 75 point guard over Kennedy Chandler, you've got boosters questioning your evaluation, what you're doing with your program. How Does that make any sense to you? I mean, you play devil's advocate. What what am I no, missing? No, I mean, I mean that has to be completely aggravating for the staff because, like you said, I mean Kennedy Chandler is obviously a highly ranked player. No there doubt, are plen- there are plenty of schools after him. But if this staff doesn't think that he fits their system better than another guy they're recruiting, then they should take the other guy before they take him. Especially if it's a guy that wants to commit now and instead of playing the long game. Because we've seen how the long game can come back and, and bite a coaching staff in the butt, especially later in the year. So that is very aggravating. And I think the I think the biggest reason for that, and this is just my opinion, is because Penny is a local guy. He is a Memphis guy. So all these boosters and a lot of fans 
want him to get local guys because that's what he is and it just it doesn't make sense like it's not that's not two plus two at all it doesn't make any sense it's kind of irrational to just say okay penny you were a local kid and you played at memphis so anybody that's local you should be able to get and you should want yeah and christian and the point of this is not to single out a a single guy like kennedy chandler you know whether it be jonathan lawson um you name it any of the local guys that boosters feel like Memphis should be recruiting over national guys. They did not have issues with John Calipari's approach to going out and getting guys from Baltimore and Detroit and Chicago, because guess what? The product on the floor produced wins period. So I guess my take is, you know, and, and what I would like to say for any big big money boosters that happen to listen to this, sit back, relax, trust the evaluation of the staff that you're helping pay the salary for. Let's just be honest. You're so I get why you feel like you should have control. I mean, you you have money invested in this. Um, if you have that much money, you're you're probably used to telling people what to do. I get it. You know, I'm not in that position. So <laughs> Christian's definitely shaking his head. Um, but I would say, let's just take a look at this. And this is a perfect transition into the other side of the break after we take an ad break. But let's take a look at the 2021-247 Sports Top 150 that was just released today on Wednesday. And let's just look at some absurdities within those rankings. So I'm going to tell you these things, big booster listening, hypothetically. And I want you to just trust that even when a ranking might not reflect what you feel like Memphis should be getting, that sometimes you have to just trust the evaluation. So Christian, let's take a break, listen to some ads, and we'll be back on the other side. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, Christian. So as promised, let's break down some of these rankings. Let's just start with one of my favorite players that Memphis has expressed interest in and offered a guy from Wayne, Pennsylvania, Archbishop John Carroll High School in John Camden. He's a six, seven small forward, just shoots the absolute cover off the ball, like elite level shooter. John Camden in the 247 Sports 
rankings that were released today is number 140. 140. So you're, you're looking at, do you recruit Jonathan Lawson, who's a 6'6", small forward at Wooddale in Memphis, who is ranked 122 over a guy like John Camden. Now, obviously, Penny Hardaway offered Jonathan Lawson trying to rebuild that bridge with the family. But first of all, let's just look at it. It's 12, 18 spots difference in the rankings. I was looking at one, two, two. Um, 18 spots difference. Once you get past the top 25, the difference between players, you know, if you were to say the difference between 42 and number 60, negligible. Once you get down that far, completely negligible. But let's just take it a step further. John Camden is number 102 in the composite, which means that overall, taking every other ranking into consideration, he is higher than 247 values him. Jonathan Lawson, he's number 83. Again, very similar spread in terms of how far apart they're ranked. But here's what I would say. Penny Hardaway, Tony Madlock, Cody Toppert, that staff has seen Jonathan Lawson a ton. Penny used to coach him, knows exactly what he would be getting. If Memphis watches film of John Camden and likes what they see on film, and they can get a guy from Pennsylvania who brings something very similar to the table in terms of position, but they feel like fits the need of the team, they should have the freedom to go get that guy over a guy like Jonathan Lawson. Now, if Jonathan Lawson came to them and said, hey, I want to commit today, then they would have to evaluate that. But you're not waiting until March on Jonathan Lawson while putting John Camden on the back burner. And if John Camden tries to commit in, let's just say, November, you're not telling him no. And no booster in their right mind should have the opinion of their evaluation skills to say, you got to wait on Jonathan over John Camden. It's absurd. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it like I said, it's it's just aggravating and I think a lot of it is, you know, I mentioned about Penny being a local guy and I think that's part of it. And then you also look at a lot of these boosters are are older guys. So back in the day, what did Memphis win with? Memphis talent. All those older Memphis teams, those 80s Memphis teams, 90% of those teams were Memphis guys. So it's just it's just a stigma that's around the program and it's going to be around the program for a while, but no, I mean I totally understand your point. I think it's totally valid. If you have two guys that are that are very similar as far as, you know, kind of the skill set they can bring in their size, but you feel like one fits better, you take that guy. You take that guy every time. Now, of course, there's a ton of factors that play out and you mentioned, you know, maybe who wants to get on board earlier, who's ready to commit earlier, um when when they are able to watch John Camden in, Camden in person if they ever are. If they like him better, there you go. So, I mean, it's this is all an evaluating game. This isn't discriminating against a Memphis guy and saying, you know what, we're done, we're done with Memphis kids. We'd rather no get this kid no from doubt. Pennsylvania. That's not what it is at all. It's about this staff trusting their evaluations, uh, trusting what they see on film, trusting what they see in person, and knowing what they want to do as far as their system goes and picking the players that fit best. And that's what any coaching staff in the country does. Well, and, and you said it perfectly. It's not – 
discrimination against a Memphis player, a city of Memphis player. But the reality is if you rewind the clock 12 years, it was discrimination against Memphis players. John Calipari straight up said, I'm not recruiting Memphis dudes. Like I'm going to go out and find dudes from outside the city. And, you know, the, the freedom to be able to just say, I'm going to recruit who I'm going to recruit. For ex- another example, I think today, if Memphis were to announce, you know, if, if a kid were to announce that he was committing to the University of Memphis and big level boosters pulled up his profiles, they would freak out. And this kid that I'm referring to is Sam Ayomide from Malver- Malvern, uh, Pennsylvania, from, from Philly. Sam is a legitimate seven-footer with arms down to his knees, elite-level defensive player, developing offensive guy, trained by the same guy who trains Cliff Amore, who is a top 45 guy in 2020. Aaron Johnson, his trainer, says Sam Ayomide is better than Cliff Amore. Cliff was a top 45 guy. Sam Ayomide? Unranked, no stars, not in the top 247 composite, not in the top 150, no stars, period. He's got NAs on his profile. So if if you, as a booster, were to freak out over that, you need to chill out. Because here's the thing, anyone who knows basketball and is talking to these people knows that this kid, it may not be today, it may not be tomorrow, it may be six months from now, but this kid is going to blow up. And when he does, you'll be thankful that Memphis got a commitment from the kid. So I I guess this is kind of like a little bit of soapbox episode for me without even realizing I was going there. But it it just kind of, when I started hearing some of the sentiment, it just really got under my skin. I never realized how much people tried to influence and exert their own power over who Penny Hardaway and the staff did and did not recruit. It's just crazy to me yeah no it, i mean it is aggravating i i would completely understand the staff being aggravated about it and annoyed by it but at the end of the day it's it's like i said and i'm gonna keep coming back to it i mean these guys are paid to evaluate talent and even if people want to say well penny's only been a college coach for a couple of years cody topper's been a coach for one year whatever um these guys have been around basketball their entire lives they know what they're doing they know what they're looking for more specifically, especially, you know, after for Penny for two years of being the coach, he knows what product he wants to put on the floor. He know what he knows what sets he wants to run. He knows what he wants his defense to look like. So he know he knows what he wants his players to look like. He knows exactly what he's looking for. And I'm sure some of it is based off of do they want highly ranked guys or they want highly ranked classes? Absolutely. But they also just took a JUCO kid in a mod run. That you know they didn't get a ton of of hype around. He he wasn't he wasn't even in the JUCO rankings when they got him. He was unranked in the JUCO rankings, so they know what they're looking for. They have an idea of what they want. Uh, they've had some trial and error with some of the you know with the two classes that Penny's put together. He knows what works. He knows what doesn't work. He's had some attrition over the past couple years of people that he maybe necessarily shouldn't have taken when he did. So he's learning and he is continuing to continuing to develop you know as a coach and as an evaluator of talent and as a as a coach that's putting 
the talent that he's evaluating with the system that he wants. I think that's something that he that he kind of jumped into with that 2018 class, and we've talked about it a couple times with some guys that he probably shouldn't have taken, but that he did out of necessity of needing bodies. And now he understands, okay, these this is exactly what I need to make my system work. These are the perfect fits, and I really don't care, you know, what these boosters or anybody else is saying or, or telling me that I need to get or have to get. I'm getting the guys that set us up best for success, and that's that's what coaches do. All right, Christian, you, yet again, you're reading my mind. You segued perfectly. Let's come back on the other side. Talk about 2020-21 season, and let's start it off by talking about Ahmad Rand. So let's take a break, listen to one more set of ads. We'll talk about next season, maybe finish it out on some recruiting discussion and, and wrap it up. So this past season, the 2019-2020 season for the University of Memphis was plagued by turnovers and injuries, it feels like, but turnovers mostly. And one of the big contributors of that number was Precious Achua. Precious Achua was also one of the biggest contributors of double-doubles for this team. But one of the, the eyesores for his year was his three turnovers per game. So let's rewind the clock to high school. Okay. Can you do that with me? Can you put on like the imaginary high school? Get in the back, get in back, the back to the future car. Back to the future car. And let's imagine Precious Achua at Montverde. So you talk to Coach Boyle at Montverde during Precious Achua's senior season. He would obviously say great things about Precious. He helped lead them to a Geico National Championship appearance, right? Yep. Where our dude down at IMG, Trey Draper, and his his squad took it to him and, and beat him. So, Precious, a top 20 prospect, five-star, McDonald's All-American, Jordan Brand All-American. As a senior at Montverde, if you ask Coach Boyle, can you get Precious Achua to screen and roll? He would look at you like you were crazy. Precious Achiwa would not screen and roll to save his life. Dead serious. Fast forward, Precious Achiwa gets to Memphis. He becomes a focal point of Memphis's offense and defense because of James Wiseman missing, DJ Jeffries getting hurt, Lester Quinone is getting hurt, Boogie Ellis struggling. So Precious Achiwa gets put in a position where now all of a sudden he needs to be an offensive juggernaut. And he's not really skilled offensively. He's, you know, a motor guy. He's, you know, rebounds, putbacks, running the floor, open floor, you know, kind of finishes. But what Penny Hardaway and this staff did was they turned Precious Achua into a screen roll and dunk machine. That was literally his role in this offense. I mean, you saw it down the stretch where, I mean, Christian, you you can rewind some of these games two lane like two lane <laughs> absolutely <laughs> the they just put game. him they put him on the wing in a matchup against a guard on a screen rolled him to the bucket got him the ball and let him do his thing and if he's not finishing at the rim through contact he's finishing on a second bounce on a putback on a even a third bounce sometimes the man used his motor his athleticism and his length 
to impact the game for Memphis in tremendous ways that no one expected. No one expected to the point where Precious Achua was not on draft boards to start the season. He was not in the top 30. And as he begun, you know, kind of creeping up draft boards, it was in the the 20s, late teens. Finished the year, Precious Achua is somewhere between 9 and 16. And that was all because of the way that Memphis' system put Precious Achua in a position to impact the game at a maximum capacity. And it was all predicated on length, motor, and athleticism. Who do they have coming in that fits that bill? Ahmad Ron. <laughs> to a T. Ahmad Rand is he's motor and athleticism and length. So what what I'm trying to say is uh, one of the other things that I've noticed on our boards, Christian, you've you've probably seen it too, is just people being a little antsy about the waivers with Landers Nolly and DeAndre Williams. Really, Memphis lost. I guess they lost three pieces. So they lost Isaiah Maurice, Precious Chua, and Tyler Harris. And really, the biggest piece, and and mainly the 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 only main piece from the equation for Memphis is Precious Achua. You could even argue that those other attritions are addition by subtraction. Now, I'm not going to go into that today. We don't want to make this an hour-long episode again. But you're only losing that. And you've added Ahmad Rand, who even if he is a poor man's Precious Achua, where you put him in a position to screen, roll, and dunk, run the floor, get rebounds, put backs, lobs at the rim, you're fine. You add Isaiah Stokes, who, you know, again, dominated in practice last season. If you talk to anyone close to the program, said would say that he was really good in practice, that even James Wiseman could not deal with his physicality. So you're adding him. A lot of people aren't you know, remembering that he's now a piece. You've got Lance Thomas, who's had time to continue developing. So you've got a good start. A, hel- a healthy Malcolm Dandridge. Yes, exactly. So you've got a good head start there. And then you look forward to the possibility of adding a Musa Cisse to, to, hold, to anchor you down at the five. You've got uh, you know guards that are coming back and improved. With a ridiculous then, amount of experience for sophomores. Exactly. You've got Lester Quinones who came in averaging 31 minutes a game as a freshman. So he's now coming into a sophomore campaign and has a chance to do something really special as a sophomore. You know, his efficiency numbers, if he improves those and, uh, you know, shoots consistently the entire season the way he did down the stretch, Lester Quinones is a massive impact player for Memphis. But all of all of that aside, you are finally getting – a healthy DJ Jeffries back. And I'll be honest, man, just reliving some of the things that Jeffrey uh, DJ Jeffries did last season and then watching some of the highlights I've seen come out of the secret gym scrimmages. Man, DJ has such a high ceiling. And the day he puts it all together, it's going to be like, I mean, it's going to be crazy watching teams having to adjust to DJ Jeffries just dominating 
Because I think he's got that potential to be a dominating three in college. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's something we talked about because I don't want to say we were torn on DJ, but we had a lot of conversations about him before he came in. It's like, you know, we know the talent is there. I mean, this is a guy that used to, he was a former top five, top ten overall player in the class. So we knew the potential was there. And then you watch kind of in high school, he was relied on way too much. He was the the not just the focal point of the offense, he was the entire offense. He was the he, entire it was offense. the entire offense. He didn't have a very good system. Uh, and then he had the concerns of people saying that he was, you know, he was a little lazy and then he kind of got lost in games and, and kind of seemed like he didn't care. So we were like, okay, what's what's going to happen with DJ? And pretty much from the first game, we were like, okay, you know, they've they've turned they've turned that light switch on for DJ already. And I mean, when when I look at it, you see Precious became the conference player of the year last year. I think DJ has that type of potential this year. I think he could become a conference player of the year this year. He's that good. I mean, I I could easily see him being a, a top ten, top fifteen pick in next year's draft if you know if he lives up to what we're expecting from him this year. So it is very interesting to look at this season as a whole because, and I've written about it multiple times. I've been doing a lot of basketball articles recently just because I know people love reading that, especially right now when there's not much going on. But I pretty much preface everything with there's not the same hype this year. There won't be the same hype going into the 2021 season. But this team is is gonna be better, and and that's regard. I think that's regardless of if they get the waivers cleared or if they get Musa Cisse. I think they're just better on paper already this year. Of course, there was no James Wiseman, so I know there's you know there's a little bit of discrepancy there. But when you look at what we were talking about, you know, like Lester coming back up, you know, leading the team in minutes last year, made plenty of freshman mistakes. He will be basically a junior after that type of minutes. He's basically got junior level experience going into a sophomore year. Boogie Ellis, we saw him at times last year show that he could be a leading scorer on this team with how good he is on offense. DJ, who I think is the best player on the team coming back, and I think he really takes this team over next year. Uh, and you've kind of ran through some of the other guys, so I don't want to go through everybody again. Uh, but on paper, I mean, this this team looks like they could they could be very good. It could be one of those teams that surprises a lot of people. I don't think they're going to be picked to win the American this year. I think they'll have probably Houston and Cincinnati and maybe Wichita. Uh, probably not Wichita State. They lost a lot of people. SMU's going to be SMU, good. SMU, uh, UConn's going to have a little bit of hype around them. So, I mean, you, we could see them be picked to finish fourth or fifth in the conference, and I think they exceed that based on you know what we see on paper and – and uh, what could potentially come in? So uh, it's weird because you don't have the James White, you don't have the number one overall player, you don't have the number one overall recruiting class coming in. But I could easily see this team being better the next year, especially if they're not as snake bitten as they were last year, which I really don't think is possible for that to happen two years in a row. Well, one quick note: UConn is UConn is gone. There, you gone. This is last year was their last year. Yeah, uh, yeah. I thought as soon as I said that, I thought about it's that. All, it's all good. However, waivers or not, like you said, this team will be very good. I think the the biggest thing is that they lack a playmaker, a guy who can go out and create a shot in a moment where they really need a shot. And so that's why I'm highlighting DJ Jeffries. He's and that guy. Yeah, it's, DJ, the, those that guy. two. Those two are going to be your dudes. When you need a bucket down the stretch, you're down by two, you need somebody to come through, you're, you're throwing the ball to one of those two dudes. Now, Lester's not exactly a dude who's going to go out and make that play. He's going to be you know, spot-up shooter. 
he's got a little bit more mid range and a little bit more drive, you know, driving ability than people give him credit for. But I don't think he's that elite playmaker quite yet. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out because obviously everybody knows we're still on Musa watch. Uh, that is a very big deal. But I would just say it's it was not a given for Precious Achua to to come in and do what he did. Everyone saw the big article that we did, the 15 years of 15. You know, where Precious, he was one of only two guys that were ranked number 15 in their respective classes, came in, had elite level years, and went one and done. The other was Archie Goodwin at Kentucky. So guys slotted where he was coming out of high school at that level. You know, rankings are not the end-all be-all, but they're fun to project. And honestly, Precious's projections heading into the season, you, you shouldn't have been able to write that story for him. If somebody had said that he would average a double-double and be Memphis's leading scorer without James Wiseman, you would probably be like, wow, that's very impressive. You know, conference player of the year, uh, you know, first round lottery pick. You'd be like, wow, Precious came in and way he exceeded his expectations. So I would say it's possible. They just got to get these guys in. The hope that we're all the the thing that we're all hoping for is this this all starts to slowly go away. We can get back to normal. Guys can come on campus. You saw today on Wednesday, uh, players reported back for testing. The Memphis basketball team reported back, so that's a, a step in the right direction. Um, so, Christian, you want to finish out on any recruiting talk? Like we got a you posted a lot. You want to just refer people over to VIP? We got a great special going on right now. Um, I think I'm going to say, let's refer them over to VIP. What do you think? Yeah, no, for sure. If you go look at the boards, we got plenty of information on, on there right now, whether it's the 2021 basketball class, 2022 basketball class, or 2021 football class. Uh, I've told a couple people this this week. Football is going to be a little more quiet over the next couple weeks than it was. Uh, it's typically how, how it goes after a recruiting explosion right? That so, uh, like that. So don't expect a ton in the next week or so, but it'll heat back up at some point. Uh, and as Brooks mentioned, we have 50% off right now until Friday at midnight, I believe. It's Friday at midnight's yep. when that deal ends. So uh, go take advantage of that now while you can to get all the information from me and Brooks. Brooks, I do have one question be- uh, before we get out of here. Yeah, We used to do this to end every episode, so <laughs> let's, let's do a little throwback real quick. So scenario here, we love throwing in scenarios at Go Tigers 247. Uh, if Memphis is to get Musa Cisse and one of two, let's go with Landers Nolly. Let's say Landers Nolly gets eligible. Is Memphis a preseason top 15 team? No. I think people love to, and Kenny, you can beat this out, love the shit on Memphis. They, you know, you saw it with the preseason rankings in conference by, you know, the coaches in conference. People don't want to respect Memphis. They don't want to respect Penny Hardaway and it is what it is you know and and here's the thing basketball is such a long season it's not like football where your preseason ranking dictates possibly your bowl game you know for Memphis honestly it might do them more good uh than than not to not be ranked 
you know, if if they come out not ranked and have a chance to be low key developing, getting their guys in, you know, maybe take a lump or two early in the season and really turn it on after the new year, that's probably ideal. The last thing you want is after last season, you don't want to go into this season saying we want all the smoke and, you know, thumping your chest and popping your jersey. Nope. This year is quiet confidence. Rather be ranked in February than in October and November, for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. So, again, tons of updates on 2021 basketball targets, 2022 basketball targets. Anybody and everybody that Memphis is after, we're DMing, messaging with these dudes, uh, texting, calling. We've got all the info you can imagine. Uh, so it's at your fingertips, $4 and 48 cents a month, literally like pennies per day. Come over, support what Christian does. He works his tail off. He was working from the beach last week, uh, covering all of Memphis football recruiting. So if you want that kind of info, head over to go tigers, two, four, seven, hit that subscribe button. Super easy. Christian, you got anything else? I'm good. That's a wrap. Thank you for listening to Tigers in 20. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love for you to leave a comment and a rating wherever you download your podcasts. If you are interested in daily content all about the University of Memphis athletic program, please hop over to www.gotigers247.com. Articles are uploaded daily, and you can join the Go Tigers 247 family by signing up for the VIP membership for even more behind-the-scenes information. 